When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome into the latest edition of ESPN FC. Kay Murray and Ali Moreno here in the studio with a look ahead to the weekend in the Premier League where Manchester United have to go to Craven Cottage to take on Fulham where they have to try and get a result after things have certainly not been going their way of late. Ahead of it, Eric Ten Hag was asked about the team's lack of identity. The intention is clear, but definitely is the case that uh, the execution um, isn't there, but uh, that I think in the moment where we are in with so many changes in every game, and uh, we, we can't line up the same lineup uh, two, three games after each other. Every time we have to swap. And last season was the same with everyone, one player. But now we miss often um, players in the back four. And every time we have to adjust and that don't help in your routines. And now also the midfield, we have to adjust, eh? missing Casemiro, eh? important player. But um, I never brought up this team, you know why? Eh? We have to win. And I don't want to find excuses if we're not winning. And, but we have to be now more pragmatic, but still we have to win. And that is a demand and I don't walk away from that. I have a good squad and I'm convinced of the players in this dressing room. So uh, these players, and um, we have seen last year, they, uh, they can do a lot better, uh, but that is up to me to let them play better. We know the standards here, and we have to match the standards uh, every day. And yeah, we had two uh, big setbacks, but we will fight back. And this dressing room is strong, and this staff is strong, and this manager is strong. Remember only the fight we showed against Benford, and that comeback. If there wasn't spirit in a dressing room, if there wasn't um, characters in a dressing room, you, could do, you can't do this. Don Hutchison joins us now. Julian Laurent still with us as well. So, Don, they have to win this one. The coach has said it himself. Well, they do. Uh, I'm not sure they do. I don't see where the fighting spirit is. I listened to Tanag's interview over the last 48 hours and he talked about standards, he talked about the culture, he talked about intensity. He kept saying the word or the words fight and spirit a lot. I don't see that from his team. I didn't see it against Newcastle. And that was Newcastle reserves, by the way, that walked all over the midweek. Um, and he's also talked about that he can't play the Ajax way with his Man United players, which is a lot of different messages to try and throw out there. Because when you look at Man United's midfield and you look at the way Ajax have played over the last, well, forever in their DNA, it's all about control and possession. It's all about control and teams. Well, he's got players on his books like Christian Eriksen, like Bruno, like Casemiro, like Mason Mount, like Amrabat, who are all technically very, very good. The problem is when Man United turn the ball over, they're very slow and they haven't got intensity or the willing to work back. So there's a lot of words and a lot of mixed messages. He looked like a manager that's really struggling to me in the interview. You can tell that he wants to fight back because that's his character. I don't see the players having that character. What stood out to you from what he had to say there? Because it was a lot. <laughs> well, yeah, well, plenty of it. And when he goes through 
let's not call it excuses, let's call it reasons as to why they're struggling and where, why they're being inconsistent and so on and so forth. And he follows that up with saying, but, but you know, I'm not going to give you excuses, but I'm giving you excuses. I'm not going to give you reasons, but I am giving you reasons. He talks about a team whose standard is a fight back against Brentford. If that's the standard for Manchester United, then the game is gone. We showed a fight back against Brentford, and if we weren't together, we wouldn't be able to do that. If that's the standard, then Eric Ten Hag, the game is gone. That cannot be the standard for Manchester United, that you come back against Brentford, or that you fight back against Brentford. He also mentioned something about a fighting spirit and that this, this is a strong dressing room. Uh, I would question that based on what we see on the field. What we're seeing on the field is a locker room that is actually fractured, not one that is together. Because if there this group was together, then you would see that fight display itself out on the field. And so if I'm looking for anything from Manchester United tomorrow is fight first. I don't care about tactics. I don't care about passing of the ball. I don't care about possession of the ball. Let me see the fight first. And then from then on, you build on to other things. But you have to be able to build whatever this comeback is going to be for Manchester United on personality, on character, on fight first, and then we can concern ourselves with playing the game. Are you expecting to see this kind of response, Jules, some fight from them in this game against Fulham? Well, I mean, that would be one of the indications, really, one of the things that we'll be looking at, for sure, because it was very flat against uh, Newcastle, that B team or even C team from Newcastle, as Don was mentioning. It's been flat, to be fair, for most of the season. And, yeah, at times they can play a bit better and they, they're there and sometimes they find ways to win games when they, when they haven't been the better team and we've seen that very, very often against Burnley, against Sheffield United, against Brentford. Those are not good teams. I mean, Brentford, I'd be better than the other two, but against Copenhagen in the Champions League, that was a terrible performance I would try from, from that team. And Ten Rag is right in the sense that defensively, especially all the injuries, all the players missing has, has been an issue. OK, we give him that. For the rest, I mean, it's not good enough. He knows it. He knows he's under pressure. Even if he, his position is safe right now, there's no talk at all at the club, at the top of the club, about sacking him, looking for a, a, a replacement, things like that. Not yet. But we know that Sir Jim Radcliffe, at some point, is going to take over the sporting side of the club, at the same time as buying 25% of, of the, the shares. For now, Radcliffe is a fan of Ten Hag, or so his team is saying. But that might not last for long. And Radcliffe is a much bigger United fan than all the Glazers family put together, by the way. And he would certainly not being happy with the way they are playing if that continues far more than the Glazers have been in the last 18 months. So I think Ten Hag knows he's under pressure. And under pressure, the only way for him to fight back is to transmit that to his players. Will they listen? I think Ten Hag knows that there's more and more players in that dressing room who are right now not on the same page as him. Well, let's take a look at the predictions that have come up for this clash with Manchester United, looking for a response against Fulham. Draws from all of you guys. Oh, I have a little bit oh, of confidence oh, that it can't get any worse for them, all wait, right? Wait, wait, wait a second. <laughs> Julian's had, Julian, he's got, a, he's got a draw 3 1. He did pick a draw, actually. Oh. That's just a graphic mistake, oh, okay. okay? All right, so, so it's not Julian's mistake. Just... Is that considered a response then, Don? A draw? Uh, no, because I think he's got two jobs to save his 
he's he's skin, I think. I think he's got to beat Fulham and he's got to beat Luton. If he doesn't take six points from the two games, then I think Ten Hag's in trouble. I think what a draw would probably do would probably stop the rot. A 12.30 kick-off away from home is not ideal off the back of the Newcastle game. And as Jules said, how many times they've won games where they haven't played great. So, listen, they'd want to win the game because they're Man United, but how do you make a case for them? They don't work hard when they haven't got the ball. It's a team that you're seeing is so low on confidence. What's the game plan from the manager? How does he set up a team to try and fight and fight and fight, but at the same time, it's not all about fight. You've got to have a level of tactics and a level of ability. And you're looking at a Man United side now that are well below their best. They are miles off it. And every other week, it's, this is on the players. Every other week, this is on Ten Hag. The, the, the game tomorrow is monumental for Eric Ten Hag. Whatever happens in the game, tactics, fight, whatever, he's got to make sure his team, you know, come out on the right side of the result. They have to win this game. Otherwise, going into the Luton game at home, that could be the end. So tomorrow, forget Luton. It's all about Fulham away, and you've got to make sure you get the three points. If it's ugly, it's ugly. But whatever you've got to do, make sure you win. Elsewhere in the Premier League, we have the Don Jules Derby. Newcastle oh. against Arsenal at St James's Park on Saturday. We've asked you guys for your predictions for this clash as well. Set to be quite the game in the Premier League. Oh, what a surprise. Mm. Don's gone for Newcastle to win 2-1. Jules and myself have gone for Arsenal to win 2-1. Mm. Ale has gone for a draw. So, Jules, why are Arsenal going to win this? Well, uh, it's a good question. I think they have to respond after the, the, the average performance that we saw against West Ham, even with the changes that Arteta made. Uh, they know how important the, this game is. And I mean, of course, all games are important in the Premier League, but this is a game where I think Arsenal expect the, the, the crowd, the intensity, the press, everything. They, they had good games over there and they won. They had bad games where they lost badly because they could not respond well to that kind of, of welcome, if you want, and kind of reception. So I think they'll be ready this time, especially if Martinelli is fit enough to start, which is still in the balance, but it might be the case. Uh, so even without Gabriel Jesus, I think Arsenal can, can beat that, you know, that Newcastle press, can go forward well, can hit them in transition. And I think Newcastle will create chances as well, for sure. Uh, and, but I, I don't know, I've got a feeling that Arsenal could respond well in that game. Well, was Julian making a case for Arsenal or Newcastle? <laughs> okay, let, let's let Don make that case then for Newcastle. Uh, just listen to what Jules has said and there was doubt <laughs> in his own voice. Um, no, what I see, and Jules has half got a point, when they went there two years ago, Arsenal, and they got slaughtered against Newcastle, Newcastle wiped the floor of them and cost them a Champions League spot. Last year, they were so much better. It's almost like these young lads were starting to appreciate what it's like when you go to a place like Newcastle. And Arteta, probably in his team talk, and he told the players to make sure you're calm and try and silence the fans. I think Newcastle are going to win the game because of the fans and because of the intensity, because how loud it's going to be. And he'll probably pick his strongest 11, Eddie Howe, or what he's got to pick from. And I see the midfield three without Tanali being the strongest three. I think Sean Longstaff will play alongside Bruno and Joe Linton. I see Anthony Gordon, who's in amazing form off the left-hand side, Callum Wilson through the middle and Almiron. And what Newcastle will do from the off, they'll make sure they take the game to Arsenal and then put them right on the back foot. That'll be the game plan. All right, well, mm. that's how things are looking there when it comes to predictions. Ali's just uh, gone for a little draw in this one. <laughs>
It's, is that a problem, Kay? Is that a, 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 no? Well, I'm in. I'm uh, look. I, I think this this they're evenly matched. So they're evenly, evenly matched. matched. One one seems like it makes sense to me. Okay. Well, no doubt we're making more fun of the boys on the latest edition of Extra Time. You can always stay up to date with it by checking out our YouTube channel. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's the big one this weekend in the Bundesliga. Borussia Dortmund hosting Bayern Munich in der Klassiker. Our team are already on the ground in Dortmund. Here they are, led by Archie Rintut. It is the big one in the Bundesliga. Borussia Dortmund against Bayern Munich. I'm here with Stuart Robson and Anna Friedrich in the aftermath of Bayern losing to FC Saarbrücken of the third division. They're 15th in that. Their first defeat of the season for Bayern. And it's chaos in Germany right now. Arna, what did you think when you saw that? And what have you made of Bayern so far this season? I would say for a lot of people in Germany, it's a positive chaos because <laughs> obviously this is uh, very unusual. I didn't expect the result um, against Saarbrücken. That's a very hard hit. And, you know, not being able to uh, win the triple, which is always like on the radar for Bayern Munich, and especially losing against uh, Saarbrücken was not in the plan. Uh, therefore, uh, we are really, really excited to see what's going to happen tomorrow because Borussia Dortmund, on the other hand, is quite strong. They're very consistent and uh, it's going to be a very, very good match. What have you made of Bayern so far this season, Stuart? What I do like is the way Zane's playing and Koeman's playing. I think they're the quickest side that when they, those two players get the ball and they get turned with the ball, they can be so dynamic. Harry Kane, I think, has added to that because he's coming short and getting the ball and playing into the space behind so those players can come to the fore. But I've been slightly worried about their midfield. Kimmich hasn't quite been the player because I think 
Tuchel hasn't fancied him right at the start of the season. There's problems in those areas. And they've had problems at centre-half as well. De Ligt is now out as well, so who's going to come back in? Upamecano probably, but I'm not sure he's been at his very best this season, although he has been injured. So they're not at their best. Thomas Tuchel's got to get this team playing at a higher tempo, I think, all around the field. And once he gets into the front, that's when they're a good side. Harry Kane came here with a lot of expectations around him that he was going to win trophies. And already that's a second one gone that he's not been on the pitch for as well if you count the Super Cup. There's people who are starting to think, oh no, has he brought a curse to Bayern right now? I think if they still win uh, the Meisterschaft and the Champions League, he will be okay with that. But well, obviously, I mean, they have different expectations for sure. And uh, to be honest, the offense of Bayern Munich, they show up every week. Mm. I mean, that's the strength of Bayern Munich. The problem is... Uh, the center and also the center backs and now uh, missing the Licht is going to be a huge yeah. problem. Upamecano has to be back uh, off an injury which is also not really uh, perfect, uh, perfect scenario but uh, in the end Bayern Munich is Bayern Munich and if there is something at stake which you expect before the game like against uh, Borussia Dortmund not like playing Saarbrücken maybe they underestimated a little bit too who knows then they usually show up. I have to say though was it worth sacking Julian Nagelsmann for Thomas Tuchel, the way that things have gone so far? Absolutely not. You know, I, I was expecting Thomas Tuchel to come in and show me a game plan that this is the way they're going to play, inspire the players, make the players better. But whatever he's done in the dressing room or behind the scenes, they don't look like a united team or club at the moment. That's what I would say what I'm seeing from Thomas Tuchel on his side. And that's not what he was brought in to do. A united front, on the other hand, is something that Borussia Dortmund look like right now both on the pitch and off it. They got through to the next round of the Cup by beating Hoffenheim. Had a bit of a wobble last weekend against Eintracht Frankfurt. But, Arna, I would argue that with that result against Newcastle, that's given them a real momentum boost that they didn't have and haven't had for a while. So far, for sure. Um, so, in the end, it all depends on the focus. That's my opinion. And uh, tomorrow it definitely counts on how they defend the wingers, the Bayern Munich wingers, because that's, to me, the weak spot right now with Borussia Dortmund, because uh, the opponents, Borussia Dortmund opponents, try to break through over, over the wings. And they are successful in around 70% of the, of the trials, which is uh, immense. So they have to be very careful on, on the wings. But besides that, Borussia Dortmund looks very mature. They win games they haven't won in the past. Uh, they not always play a very nice and uh, euphoric game, but they win, and that's the most important. Edin Terzic, Stuart, has spoken about them being less sexy but more successful. Mm. How do you see that? Uh, I don't think that's by choice. I've seen them play on two or three occasions, been here for, uh, and seen them play, and last week in Frankfurt. And their big problem is, in my view, they lack pace when they're being counter-attacked. They've got a lot of forward players that want to get forward into the wide areas, or join the centre forward. In midfield, they're struggling at the moment when they're being counter-attacked. And while Hummels has played well this season, if you can run down the side of him, which Eintracht Frankfurt did last week, you can cause uh, Dortmund problems. I don't think they're a good team when the ball changes hands and they have to defend. And I think that's where Bayern Munich can cause them a problem. There were certainly moments in that Newcastle game where the wilder it got, the more uncomfortable mm. that they looked. The strength of this team, though, I look at somebody like Sally Özcan in the central of midfield, in the centre of midfield, who has come from nowhere and has started commanding things. Who else would you look out for in that Dortmund team right now? 
I mean, they have a variety of amazing players. And to me, they have, in general, the better bench. Bayern Munich has a very slim roster. And right now, it doesn't really look great, obviously because of injuries. So Borussia Dortmund can vary a lot. And Ötchan, uh, you just mentioned him. To me, he's a, he's a fantastic player, especially you know for the balance. He wins a lot of uh, tacklings. Uh, he covers a lot of ground. So therefore, I don't know who's going to play tomorrow. We'll see that. But it's going to be um, a lot of choices. And for Borussia Dortmund, the most important to me is playing here at home in front of those people here in uh, the crowd. It is so important to play brave. I mean, Borussia Dortmund has some confidence. Bayern Munich lacks some confidence. You have to be careful, obviously. But if you have a chance to press up high, I would do that. So, quick fire predictions for tomorrow. Stuart, you are saying? I'm still going to go with Bayern to win the game by two goals to one. They catch Dortmund on the counter-attack too many times and they're going to win the game. Arno? I don't like to agree with Stuart, never does. but I have to. I also think that, despite of everything, Bayern Munich is going to win. I'm going to disagree with both of you. Borussia Dortmund are going to win this by two goals to one, in my opinion. You can find out if that actually does happen by joining us at 12.30 Eastern time tomorrow for one hour build-up of Borussia Dortmund against Bayern Munich. And included in that build-up, we'll have coach Edin Terzic of Borussia Dortmund with us. Join us. Yeah, make sure to be with us. Ali and I will be here in the studio as well. Let's continue with the theme of predictions then, because oh. we've all given our own predictions for this game. Mm -hmm. All right, let's go. We've got Jules with us as well. So, Ali, you've gone for a little 2-1 for Bayern as well. And for similar reasons that Stuart Robson gave there, that the moments in transition for Borussia Dortmund tend to be problematic, and Bayern Munich has better players than Eintracht Frankfurt. I think we can agree on that. Bayern Munich has better players in the attack than Eintracht Frankfurt. Eintracht Frankfurt was killing Borussia Dortmund last week on the wing. I think that'll continue to happen. Bayern, with all their problems, still go to Borussia Dortmund and win it 2-1. Jules, you've gone for a Bayern 3-2 win. Yeah, I agree with, with Chu and, and Ali on this one. I just think that their individual brilliance and that quality, they don't play well as a team. We saw that against Galatasaray. They find a way of winning because individually they are just so good from Zane to Kane to Coman. Even with Akimish in that team tomorrow, I still expect them to win. I think they will concede goals and Dortmund will score and Dortmund are a good team. But I still think eventually that quality individually will prevail and, and Bayern will win. OK, so make sure to mm. be with us for this one and we'll see who is going now, to win. And of course, match. Archie Rintot is boys. Boys with Edin Terzic, and so therefore yeah, they're, that they're makes sense. Yeah, they're best mates. You know, Edin Terzic has even been complimenting his German ah, well, there you just go. his jacket. So there that's where go. we're at right now. That's the stage of their relationship. <laughs> we're at, make sure to catch us for the Classic coverage beginning at 12.30, a full one-hour preview, and plenty more games as well to cast your eyes over this weekend ahead of them. As Ali's mentioned earlier across our broadcast, Leverkusen will play, so we'll know how things are looking at the top of the table at that point. Harlan De Bruyne, Stevie and Shepard Spy, Shaka and Naps, all great teammates. But what's the perfect teammate for growing your business? Well, that's Shopify. <coughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify makes it easy for you to show up exactly the way you want to. Customize your online store to your style with gorgeous, flexible templates and powerful tools. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success 
every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash FC. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash FC now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash FC. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Atletico's six-game winning run came to an end at the hands of Las Palmas on Friday night. After an uneventful first half, Las Palmas struck twice in the second through Kirian and Benito. Griezmann was subbed off at the hour mark. Morata did get one on the board, but it ended in vain. 2-1, it finished to Las Palmas. Atleti did have the chance to lead the table if they had have won this game and put the pressure on Real Madrid and Girona. But right now they stay in third and there's a chance for Barcelona to leapfrog them this week. Julian Laurent joining us now, but let me start with you, Ale. How did it all go so wrong for Diego Simeone's men tonight? And, and this was so similar to the game that they lost away from home against Valencia, in that you, we can talk tactics and we can focus on those things with Atletico Madrid if we so desire. But I would just go with urgency, intensity. This was a lifeless, soulless performance from Atletico Madrid, which again, it's a surprise given the fact that they have won six in a row and you think they're carrying momentum, but it's not a surprise in the sense that we have seen it from them early in the season. What's surprising is that they didn't learn from it and that they would have known, you know, if we allow Las Palmas to grow with confidence, to grow into the game and the crowd gets behind them, now they're going to be very much a part of the story. We allow them to be part of the story, and then instead of for them to be a reaction early in the second half, no, no reaction, a whole lot of walking, no reaction defensively, no reaction in terms of what you need to do to close down spaces. How late are Atletico Madrid players? It's, it's a slow motion goal, if you think about it, the first goal. There's a turnover from Antoine Griezmann. Everybody's complained to the referees that out of bounds is not out of bounds. But there's no reaction from Atletico Madrid. Nobody's closing down the space. And then how much time and space does Las Palmas get as they actually try to create the opportunity? Having Munoz allows the ball to go through his legs. And still, Atletico Madrid are late to the challenge. We saw that time and time again over the course of 90 minutes. Atletico Madrid, they should be upset with themselves with the lack of intensity, the lack of energy, the, the, the lack of urgency that is required for them to stay in this range for actually contend with the title. These are not points that you want to drop. These are not points that you cannot lose if indeed you're a serious contender. And so it would finish with Atleti losing after it had been a great streak. Surprise to see it, Jules, especially the fact that we saw Griezmann coming off at the hour mark as well. Yeah, clearly Simone not happy at all with his performance. We said in the first half it was his ball that sent through Riquelme on the on the best best chance, only chance really for Atleti in that first half. But clearly Simone not happy. It's really rare that we see Griezmann being taken off after after an hour. We said at half time that Correa would come on. I never thought it would be for Griezmann after an hour. So it shows, I mean that's 
he sums it all up well, really, that Griezmann came off after 60 minutes after one of his worst performances of the season. I said in the pre-match talk that I didn't think they would do again what they did against Valencia, that that was a blip, an accident. Well, there was a lot of similarities with tonight's performance. And it's just not enough, even against a team like Las Palmas, who, as we said, doesn't score much, but it's still a good playing team. And Pimienta is doing a really good job, certainly in terms of possession. And then, if you give them just a little bit of that freedom ahead of your box, then they will exploit it. And I think Atleti tried too much to exploit the high line and try all the time to play over the top instead of having crosses, for example. And the goal comes from one of the rare crosses that one of the Atleti players, Riquelme in this case, put in for Morata. Otherwise, he was always systematic trying to find that ball that they've never been able to find. Jules just mentioned that Valencia game. It's something you said yourself when Griezmann going off and just some similarities in this game with that, their loss this season coming into this. Yeah, and, and you go back to that game against Valencia and similar to this one, lifeless. Not only from Antoine Griezmann, but overall, lifeless. The, the, no, no, no urgency, no interest, lackluster, no impact in the game. No, no change of pace from Atletico Madrid in that game against Valencia, and we saw the same thing today. No change of pace whatsoever. Everything done at the same speed, everything, everything done slowly and predictably so. And I think in some ways it's a message from Diego Simeone, and, and, and I have to believe that when they're checking for that ball, whether it's inbounds or out of bounds in the first goal, he also sees the reaction or lack thereof from Antoine Griezmann just walking. And maybe it's a message from Diego Simeone to Antoine Griezmann, look, I love you, bro. But you cannot be walking around. Because if you walk around, it sends a message to everybody else on this team. This is not the make of, of Atletico Madrid. And if indeed they're going to contend for this title, if indeed they're going to be in this race, while we like them attacking and while we like them open and scoring goals, they also have to bring the fight. Because the fight is, and the intensity are the things that this team is built on. All the other stuff are add-ons. But if you don't bring the fight and the intensity, then this team loses a lot. And we didn't see that from Anton Griezmann or we didn't see that from anybody today, which is the concerning part. With an opportunity to go first, to go top in the, of the table, to put pressure on Barcelona, to put pressure on Real Madrid, nothing from Atletico Madrid today. That's concerning. And now it is a chance for those teams around them to put some more distance between themselves and Atleti. We have a whole slate of La Liga action coming up this weekend. This is just the first of the games, Friday night lights in Gran Canaria. So make sure to be with us all weekend for that as well. We've PSG were out to knock Nice off top spot in Ligue 1 on Friday when they took on Montpellier and they did just that with some great goals in this game. Kangin Lee, Zaire, Emery and Vitinha all on the score sheet. 3-0 it finished. So Jules, there's absolutely no problems at all it would seem at PSG. They played really well tonight. Uh, outstanding performance collectively again and Montpellier uh, they're a good team, but they're nothing, nothing special in this league. And to go to the Paris Prince for them, where they lost their last five games and they got battered every single time, pretty much, they came to Paris, it was always going to be a big task. However, we've seen teams being able, like Nice, for example, to go to Paris and cause them problems. There was no problems tonight. They were really, really good. And we mentioned Warren Zayremri many times on the show before. 17, to see him again play with the maturity that he showed tonight was impressive. And Mbappe didn't score. And maybe this is, this is another good thing about the win tonight, is that they did it with Kylian having a 
not a prime impact on the game and prime role on the game, on the performance. Dembele was great. Even Colomani in the league can play. The three goal scorers are three midfielders. Lee, Vitinha and Zaire Emery, which again, at times, we thought maybe that midfield could be the weakest point in that side. And they responded today. Again, this is not Montpellier, not Milan, are not the top teams that PSG will face in the league and in Europe further down in, in the season. But still, it was a very, very good performance with and without the ball. All right. Look how positive Jules is with PSG. PSG, and he's oh, always positive yes. on the Gavin Jules show too. It drops twice a week. Make sure to catch the latest edition wherever you do. Get your podcasts. A drama-filled game in the Brazilian Serie A between Botafogo and Palmeiras finished with Palmeiras winning after Botafogo threw away a 3-0 lead. It had been a brilliant start for them, but then in the second half, they received a red card. What did you make of that moment, Ale? Adrian, the defender actually goes and makes a challenge, touches the ball, and on the swing through, the legs get tangled with the attacking player. I'm not even sure it was a foul. Certainly not worthy of a red card, and certainly when you go to VAR, I don't think that that should have been given as a red card. It was. The game changed. Yeah, it really did. And afterwards, the Botafogo owner, John Texter, was absolutely furious. Here's what he had to say. You're clearly very annoyed by everything that happened here. What do you have to say? The whole world saw it. That is not a red card. He got the ball first. If it's even a foul, I'm not sure. It is not a red card. He changed the game. This is corruption. This is a theft. Please find me, Edinaldo. But you need to resign tomorrow morning. That's what needs to happen. This championship has become a joke. Nobody deserves this. These players from Palmeiras, they don't want to win this way. We don't want to lose this way. It's like five games in a row. Gentlemen, you played a good game. It's not your fault, but this is f***ing corruption. This has to change. Edinaldo, you need to resign for the good of the game. It has to be over now. This is theft. Find me. You can red card me, right? It's my stadium. I'll still be here. <laughs> hey, well, that was definitely fighting talk. Furious, making money signs to match. Get him, John! As you just heard, they're claiming corruption as well. He said it started so hot, but they are now in danger of losing the leadership. They let a massive points advantage drop in those last 11 games, as you can see. Eight games are left in league play, but things looking very dramatic right now. This has turned out to be quite the story, Julian Laurent. Incredible. I mean, everything that John Texter owns right now, or does, or, or says, it's just an absolute disaster. It's the same for Lyon, it's the same in Belgium, it's the same at Botafogo, who are a huge club, who haven't won for a long time, who were down, and he's, to be fair to him, what he's done at the start of his tenure there has been good. And, and they look great for most of the season, although this is their third coach, because after Luis Castro left, uh, Bruno Lage came in and Texto was not happy, so he sacked him. So he's only third coach for the season and they can still do it, of course. That narrow lead now, it's still possible for them to win this, this title. But I don't think he's helping himself and his club and his players and his own reputation by doing the renting that we saw him doing. Of course, he must have been frustrated. All of us, all our clubs at some point have been in a situation like this where you were in the lead and then there's a remontada and then you lose and, and you're really cross. It's not a reason to, uh, to go on a rent like this. <laughs> what did you it's, make of it, Alex? It's, it's, it's Jules referring back to PSG failures. Is this what 
Jules is talking about in a remontada. Uh, look, you, first of all, I don't know why an owner is at field level to begin with. And, Saying you played a good game, but <laughs> <laughs> yes. hey, yeah, you guys play a good game, but this is corruption. I don't know why an owner should be at field level following the game. That's that. That in itself is a problem because you are asking now for that emotional component of the outcome of the game. Then you put that together with the fact that you are not only emotionally invested into this team, but your wallet is invested into this team as well. And so whatever the outcomes of these games are affect you personally. And then the, the flex in which he essentially <laughs> said, red card me, this is my stadium, is my what house. are you going to do about it? Come and get me. <laughs> See, whatever sympathy you may have felt with John Texer up until that point, you kind of go, well, John, now you lost me, bro. Now I can't really support you here. We've all wanted to have, as to Jules' point, we've all wanted at some point or another have this moment in which we can say whatever we want. But when you're an owner, you are elevated to a different level entirely in which you're expected to behave in a certain manner. This is well outside the parameters of what the behavior should be of an owner. Uh, shall we talk about interests that might actually benefit you? Julian Laurent is with us. Hendrik uh -huh. had pretty much a coming oh, yeah. out party in this game. It really was standout from him, an incredible showing from him. As mentioned, he's on his way to Real Madrid. This has got to be something nice for you to see, Jules, in the hope that maybe Florentino Perez will leave Mbappe <laughs> alone after all. Yeah, I mean, that would be lovely. Uh, however, I don't think it's the plan, unfortunately. I think Hendrik is already a Real Madrid player, obviously. Uh, and if Kylian is still a free agent come the summer, which I'm pretty sure he will be, then I still think he's going to be the major target for Real Madrid and Florentino Perez. So I love Hendrik and I love when he plays well and when he scores those kind of goals. And he had a slow start for his standards to the season and now he's on fire. But unfortunately, I think for me and my PSG friends, I don't think that will have an impact on Kylian's future. Uh, <laughs> OK, unlucky. However, the Real Madrid fans have got to be happy what they're seeing here from Endrick. There's so much excitement around this young player. Yeah, and so do the math, right? If, if Vinny's sticking around and if indeed Jules is right and Kylian Mbappe becomes target number one again for Real Madrid and Endrick continues to play this way, hey, Rodrigo! Rodrigo, you may be on the outside looking in because the numbers don't add up, right? If, you, know, you, you need to continue to see the growth and development of Hendrik. And, and I think they did that with Vinicius. They were patient enough with Vinny to see that growth and development, and now they're reaping the benefits of that. I assume that it's the same thing that is going to happen with Hendrik. Regardless, if you're a Real Madrid fan and you see this, you kind of go, oh, yeah, I like that. I like that. Bring him over as soon as you possibly can. I'm sure that Hendrik at some point is going to show up and he is going to have an impact. Yeah, so exciting times ahead for Real Madrid. But obviously what we did just see was a very drama-fueled game in the Brazilian Serie A. On Saturday, it's the final of the Copa Libertadores at the Maracanã. Boca Juniors taking on Fluminense. Fluminense are the favourites to lift the trophy. The bad news is fans have been clashing near the fan zone in Rio de Janeiro. Hopefully things will mm. sort themselves out there. But as for Edinson Cavani, now at Boca Juniors, he said this is the game of my life because of the implications of this match, Ale? Well, I'm sure he feels that way right now. And I'm sure if you're a Boca Juniors fan, this is exactly what you want to hear from Edison Cavani. 
maybe a prisoner of the moment. There have been games in which uh, Edinson Cavani has had an impact or hasn't had an impact, whichever way you want to look at it, that perhaps were potentially more important than this one. But in this moment in time in his career, representing Boca Juniors and representing Boca Junior fans, I'm sure that this is indeed, I'm going to take his word for it, this is a critical time for me, for him, and the most important for him right now. I don't know over the course of his career, but right now, it makes sense. Do you have a prediction? Well, you just told me that Enzo Cavani is the most important game of his life. Yeah, well, he told us that. that. Okay. Fluminense, then. <laughs> I'm taking Fluminense. <laughs> all right. Well, make sure to check out tomorrow's show. We'll let you know how things all play out. There's a lot to look back on tomorrow as well. Don't forget, De Classica hits the calendar. Borussia Dortmund against Bayern Munich. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Six Espanol fans have been arrested. The arrest made in connection with the pitch invasion at the end of the Espanol Barca game last season at the RCD Stadium. That game finished 4-2. It sealed the title for Barcelona. And this is how the game There, there seem well. to be more than six Definitely of them out more. on the field. Many more are expected to follow. But as it stands, that's the latest on that situation. And Barcelona have a game to come back in this weekend. Real Sociedad, they are away in this clash after last week's loss in El Clasico. Looking for a response as well. Gundogan called out his teammates here. It's not about to get any easier against Real Sociedad, is it, Jules? Not at all, no. They've been outstanding this season. We saw them going to Real Madrid and taking the lead, for example, at the Bernabeu. We saw them out being really good in the Champions League. Literally bossing games playing against Inter Milan, like they were, they were the last finalist, fi finalist of the Champions League, for example. They, they, they go forward so well, you know, if you look at Oyasabal and Bryce Mendes and Kubo, of course, they've got so much talent defensively, Le Normand, they, they're very strong too, they, they're ball playing side, but they can also hit you on the counter. They've got all of that thing. I think Emmanuel is doing a wonderful job, so they're not, they're not invincible, of course, and I think 
it's going to be a great game in terms of the oppositions and what Barca can also offer to counter what Real Sociedad are doing with the ball. But it's a very difficult game. On the back of the Clasico, it's almost the, the worst combo you could get. You lose at home to Clasico and then the following weekend, you go away to, um, to the Paris Basco to face a very informed and good Real Sociedad team. It's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not going to be easy and it's really not a, a gift for Xavi and his team. How do you see it going, Ali? Well, I agree with what Jules is saying in that Real Sociedad will test every facet of the game of Barcelona. Defensively, they're going to be physical through the midfield. They're good enough on the ball where they can challenge the possession of Barcelona. And in the attack, they have enough speed to challenge Barcelona in moments of transition. I would argue, though, that yeah, while I agree that, that it's not ideal to play Real Madrid, Real Sociedad back-to-back, -back, at the very least in playing against Real Sociedad away from home, you're going to get a team that is going to attack you, that is going to... They're going to send numbers in the attack, which then will allow enough time and space for Barcelona to be able to create themselves. They just have to be better in what they do offensively in their moments of transition, and they have to be better as to what they do defensively whenever they're attacked by Real Sociedad. Now... Barcelona, for 60 minutes, were far superior to Real Madrid last weekend. We need to see 90 minutes of that. If we see 90 minutes of what we saw from 60 minutes for an hour against Real Madrid, then I think Barcelona win this game because they'll have enough quality in moments that matter. You assume that Lewandowski is feeling a whole lot better now than he did last week. You'll assume that there'll be others coming back from injury, and we're going to see a much better version of Barcelona as a whole and a deeper version of Barcelona as a whole. I think that Real Sociedad is going to attack Barcelona because they, like Jules, feel like, you know what? They're in trouble. They're struggling with confidence. They're coming here to us. We'll attack them and see if they can withstand this pressure. If Barcelona are able to withstand that initial pressure and then settle the game down or play, I think Barcelona go away from home and actually get three points. If you're looking to see great players on either side, that is a game for you. And then on Sunday, Real Madrid will be taking on Rayo Vallecano in an alternative Madrid derby. Coverage begins at 2.30 Eastern for that one. One as we bring you all the build-off. Okay, Inter Miami have agreed a deal with Gremio's Luis Suarez. Mm. Yep, sources have confirmed to ESPN in Uruguay there will be a Barca reunion at Inter Miami. He'll finish the year with Gremio and be back with Messi in 2024, according to these reports. And Chicharito is waving goodbye. He has confirmed that he is leaving LA Galaxy. His contract will not be extended after four seasons. There'll be a lot of talk about this on the latest edition of Football Americas, especially talking about what is next for LA Galaxy. Make sure to join the boys on the next edition of Football Americas for more chat on that. All right, we got through it, but right. there's still a little bit longer to you go. You seem surprised that we got through it. <laughs> there was a lot to get through today. We were all around the world, it is fair to say, but we're around a little bit longer because the boys will be answering your questions on Extra Time. Stick around, Don and Jules have, and those questions are coming up now. Welcome into the latest edition of Extra Time. I've got two versions here, but it looks as though they're the same anyway. So, okay, all right. yep, uh, let's get to your questions. Kay Murray and Ali Moreno here. And, uh, we both have uh, new hairstyles. We've both got yes. new hairstyles. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Did you tease your hair today? Is that what you did today? It's called Beach Wave. Oh, oh Beach Wave. Yeah, this oh, is down to Daniela today. Oh, Daniela okay. Junior. Thank right. you very I, much I, for I didn't, Beach I didn't, Waves. I, I didn't have that choice. <laughs> so you didn't go for the Beach Waves? No, no. Oh, what, what hair have you brought tonight, Don Hutchison? 
basic. Um, <laughs> can't really add much to that, really. <laughs> Jules, a little bit of the quiff going on there, a little bit? No. He's <laughs> got a little bit of a, a part. He's got a little part, a little, a little something, you know, a little very spice. Smart. Very smart. A little spice. All right, let's get to your questions then. Don, percentage chance Ten Hag makes it to 2024 with Manchester United? Oh, what a cruel question. I mean, if he loses the next two, zero, because he'll be gone. If Man United and Ten Hag lose against Fulham tomorrow, and then lose against Luton at home, my former club next week. I'm afraid to say he'll be sacked. But I can't see them losing those two games. So I'd probably say 80% he'll be in a job. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. okay. To Jules, how do you make the time to watch every game across Europe and elsewhere? Are you a vampire? <laughs> <laughs> Not yet, not yet. <laughs> Maybe I'm too young to be a vampire. I watch a lot of games in the day to start with. I catch up with a lot of things if I miss the night before or the evening before. Then when everybody's in sleep in the house, I watch, I go to bed quite late. And then on French TV, there's these great things where you could split your screen into two, for example. So you watch, have two games on the screen, three or four even, uh, which sometimes helps. And there's sometimes where there's the long highlights, so the 45 minutes highlight, which sometimes is enough for certain games when not much has been happening and you just watch the 45 minutes highlights and you, with the stats and the, everything that you can find out as well, you, you've got enough there. So, but it's, it's fun, you always learn something, even if the game is not great, even if it's a smaller league, you always learn a lot watching games. And that is dedication. Yeah. I love that you can say as well to the wife, it's work. I have to do this. I have oh, to watch yeah. all this football. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. he, could, he could have been a character in an interview with a vampire. Yeah, because vampires look young, yeah. but they're like hundreds of years old. Yeah, he could have, he could have been a character. Not, not the Twilight movie, so no, I think he's, he's too old for that. But he could have been in the interview with a vampire. Interview with a vampire. Yeah. Okay, there you go, Jules. Opposite, <laughs> uh, opposite Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt. There you go, Jules. Yeah, just I'll keep... take that. Yeah. I'll take there you that. go. Thank you. I know he would like that. Yeah, he, 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 he rates himself <laughs> at that level, yes. Um, all right. <laughs> Taking a turn. Ale, which team has surprised you the most in La Liga this season? <laughs> Okay, 100% Girona and nobody else. That's it, Girona. They are right now leading the league alongside uh, Real Madrid. I don't even think the Girona players will believe that this would be the case. After they lost to Real Madrid, I thought that maybe they would take a step back. Other teams have taken a step back, including Barcelona, but not Girona. So yes, Girona is a surprising team. Oh, Don, it's another percentage question. Don, what's the percentage chance that Chelsea finish above United? Man United. Yeah. Oh. I think so anyway. Yeah. That is difficult. Uh, percentage chance Chelsea finish above United. 60. <laughs> he does, I mean, is, is he telling us 60? Is he asking 60? I don't know. I don't know what to believe anyone. I'm telling you 60 with no. I'm telling you 60 with no confidence. What film could Don have been in? <laughs> oh, Dumb and Dumber. 
It's a great movie. It's a great movie. What are you talking about? I could tell you any line from that movie. Oh, my favorite movie of all time. So you're saying there's a chance. You're one percent. There you go, see? I would like that hairstyle from you next time, Don, if you don't mind. Oh, the Dumb and Dumber one. <laughs> yep, all right. Ferrale, start, bench, or drop. Marcelo Salas, Luis Suarez, Gabriel Batistuta. Oh, well, I'm going to start Luis Suarez, I'm going to bench Batigol, Gabriel Batistuta, and I'm going to sell Marcelo Salas. Now, let me tell you a quick story about Marcelo Salas. 1998 World Cup, traveling on the train to go watch uh, Italy against Chile. The whole train filled with Chile fans, and I, I've said that before on the show. But what was really curious is that there was one Argentinian guy that was wearing a Marcelo Salas River Plate jersey, because he played for River Plate at the time, who was going from Paris to Bordeaux just for the sole reason of watching Marcelo Salas. He wasn't supporting Chile. He wasn't obviously supporting Italy. He was just supporting his guy, Marcelo Salas. We saw him on the way there, on the way back, and he was excited, and that, that made his day. It tells you how important Marcelo Salas was to that one guy. That's more dedication than Jules. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Split screen. That's what I have to say about that. Okay. Ale, how would you sum up Chicharito's time with the LA Galaxy? Would you consider the move successful for both Chicharito and the LA Galaxy? No. No. They were not successful, either one of them. And, and in fact, it coincided that Chicharito coming to the LA Galaxy, you could argue that this has been some of the darkest times for the LA Galaxy, failing to make it to the playoffs, not being what we consider to be one of the most important franchises in MLS and one of the most successful franchises in MLS for them not to be in the playoffs, for them not to be relevant in the city of Los Angeles as compared to LAFC. That, I think, tells you how much of a turn this has taken. LA Galaxy used to own the city of LA. That's not quite the case anymore. LAFC, far more successful in the last few years. And again, that coincided with Chicharito's time and the LA Galaxy. So no, it cannot be a success for either the LA Galaxy or Chicharito Hernandez. Okay. All right, apparently I've got to take my phone. Oh, I'm okay. Saying. All right. All right. Is that okay. what you've been told? Oh, this, this is what I'm getting coming in here. Okay, it says, unacceptable. Ten Hag criticizes Rashford for night out after Derby loss, saying, I am aware of it. I spoke with him about it, Ten Hag said. It is unacceptable. I told him he apologized, and that is it. It is an internal matter. The manager had been asked whether Rashford had been fined. He said it's an internal matter, and uh, that's what we're getting through here. Don, your reaction to that? Um... Listen, I, there's a lot on Eric Ten Hag going on. It has a lot to deal with. Dealt with Ronaldo. Dealt with uh, Marcus Rashford when I think he was late for a Wolves game, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Obviously, he's got the Jaden Sancho stuff going on. What I would say from Marcus Rashford's point of view is you must know better, even though it was your birthday, when you lose against Man City in the Manchester derby, just play it low-key. Go to a restaurant. Do you really need to go to a nightclub? So from this one... I tend to agree with the manager's point. Discipline him, move on. That will end things on tonight's extra time. But uh, you know what? Seeing as I was a little bit of a late addition, let's get a reaction from all of you. Oh, okay. All right. More from Ten Hag here and what he's had to say about Marcus Rashford. Where do you stand on it? Come on, Jules. You ask me? Sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah sorry, Jules. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> 
Um, I, I agree with Don. For me, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm too obsessed with Ten Hag, and maybe the boys who've, who've been in those dressing rooms with managers that maybe at times they believed in and maybe at times they didn't believe in anymore. And I, but I would want to think that when you believe in your manager and you respect the manager and you respect that dressing room and, and the authority above you, you don't do things like this. You don't go to a nightclub after a defeat in Derby, whether it's your birthday, not your birthday, your mum's birthday, your, your sister's graduation, I don't, I don't care. And for me, if Rashford throw in his head, I don't care. They're going to find me, they might find out, they might not find out, I'm still going. In a way, and again, maybe I'm a bit too much on the what's happening with Ten Hag at that club, etc., etc. But I would want to think that if there was maybe a bit more respect and a bit more respect towards the authority of Ten Hag, Marcus Rashford, who is a big player for that football club and that team, would not have gone out that night. Yeah, it's just flat out dumb, right? This decision is just dumb from Marcus Rashford. You just don't do it at any level, anywhere in the world. You just lost the derby. You haven't had a good season. You personally haven't had a good season. It's not the time to go to the nightclub. It's not time to go clubbing. It's just not the right time to do so. So from that perspective, it's dumb. But it also tells you that I don't touch. I don't touch with reality. I don't touch with how deep the trouble that Manchester United is in and, and that you don't feel at least partly responsible for it, to the point to where common sense suggests, yeah, right now it's time to go home, baby. It's time to go home, huh? Just somebody deliver the food, bring it home, we're not going clubbing. Somebody bring the champagne home and celebrate my birthday at home. The fact that you're not able to put that together and two, or two, two plus two equals four, it, I cannot justify it. I cannot excuse it for Marcus Rashford. It's unnecessary stress and an unnecessary conversation that I'm sure Ten Hag didn't want to have. And Marcus Rashford, he earned it because of his behavior. Inexcusable. Okay, so that's how things are looking right now. And that will do it for the latest edition mm. of Extra Time. I don't think we've got any more questions. You sure check your phone. I know, check my phone. Okay. Also, just to warn you, Don, you should probably wear a turtleneck on the next Gavin Jules podcast. Oh, oh is, that, okay. uh, is that the way to go? Chef Jules is a vampire. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I got it. I got it. it. Took a while, but I got it. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is to not search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com FC. Just go to Indeed.com FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 